Hey there, Boss Rebellers. Happy Wednesday to you. This is episode 94 of the Boss Re Society podcast with Tim Wambeck and Patty Dominguez, yours truly. And on today's episode, number 94, we're rounding the corner close to that 100 episode milestone. We have Chela Diaz, all about how to improve your money mindset. And on this episode, she's going to be covering just so much that a lot of the wisdom that she brings around the coaching that she's done and the programs that she has specific to building your money mindset. She also has a special program for teenagers. You're going to find all of the links that are relevant to that in any offers from Chella at bossresociety.com forward slash show 94. Make sure to check that out because we're giving away freebies constantly and that's how you're going to really leverage what you're listening to to take it to the next level. And of course, on Twitter and Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Society D-O-J-O, the dojo. <laughs> and here is the show. Do you believe there is more to your career than waiting for the gold watch in 40 years? Did you know that the average American spends 200 hours a year commuting to a job they probably hate? Does it frost your ass to get a 2% raise that barely keeps up with the rate of inflation? Have you ever worked for a boss hole? We know how you feel, and we want to help. Welcome to the Boss Free Society Podcast, your entertaining entrepreneur therapy session with your hosts, Tim Wambach and Patty Dominguez. Couch not included. Hello, Patty. We're back in the Boss Free Society studio getting ready for another awesome interview. Yes. And for today, this is a great topic because it all has to do with your money mindset. Money mindset is a, is a huge thing being an entrepreneur and it's a huge uh, skill to have as you're just going through the journey of life. <laughs> today, Absolutely. Today, we have a very special guest. Her name is Chella Diaz. Uh, Chella's fascination with how the wealthy handled their money began at an early age. She was inspired to begin saving at the age of nine, and by the age of 17, she bought her first car and her first house at the age of 23. Uh, Chella spent 20 years in the banking and finance industry. She witnessed the struggles of misinformation many people had regarding the basic understanding of money management. Now Chella is passionate about equipping the next generation with skills that empower them to take control of their financial future. The Boss Free Society podcast welcomes Chella Diaz. Welcome Chella. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure being here, guys. Look yeah. forward to this. Yes. Thank you so much for, for agreeing. And, you know, as I read through the title of your book, Money Bootcamp, Financial Literacy for Teens, I think it's a great topic because when I was a teenager, I wish I would have had your book. I personally did not receive any financial teachings or education in my family. And that's just a symptom of the fact that they didn't know. And I'm assuming that I don't know if that was your case, but I'd love to hear about you growing up, how you were able to afford this car at the age of 17, and having the mindset and the clarity to conduct your financial future in such a healthy way. That's a great question. Actually, I would like to say, you know, I was very clever. I was a very clever child. At nine years old, I used to go to the farmer's market and get fruits and vegetables for the family. And I knew who had the lowest price and the highest quality. 
So that was, yeah, I mean, how many nine-year-olds do that? Yeah, that's really good. And, and I think that, you know, some of the credit has to go to my dad. Mm-hmm. My dad was really good with his money. He, um, one time, you know, he was a baker, you know, and, but he was able to save. So I think part of what I, how I learned is by watching my dad, my mom is a housewife. They don't know. It's, it's always about, for me, it doesn't matter how much mm-hmm. money you make. It's how much money you save that really counts. Absolutely. Exactly. And you mentioned um, my history and 20 years in the lending industry. During that time, I reviewed over 30,000 real estate loans. So I do definitely, and I saw a pattern, you know, I am fascinated with numbers. Mm. And I saw a pattern. And if your listeners can just walk away with one tip today, I would say one of the patterns is that the wealthy always pay themselves first. Mm. Sure. And, and for me, you know, there's a lot of different people that say you have to do 10%, 5%. I say do Start with $5 a week, $10 a month, $20 a month. Just get started and then build up to that amount. Because sometimes if somebody comes to a person that is not used to having savings, is not used to doing that, and they say, put 10% away, that's going to seem an overwhelming task. Right. So let's make it, you know, put it into bite size. Right. You know, let's start with, you know, can you not have a cup of coffee this week and put that money away? And when I say a cup of coffee, you know, I'm talking about that expensive cup of coffee. Exactly. What, what if you put away $5 and you put it yeah, away and you have a destination for that? You know what I mean that, you know, let's say as business owners, you're going to need marketing money. You're going to need your website. You're going to need a lot of different things. What if you start putting away some of that money towards that goal? Just like I did with my car. I knew I wanted to get that car. And I had a part-time job. And I just put pretty much all of my money into that account. Because for me, that car was very important. So it sounds like growing up, your dad, he taught you some some important things. On what? On how to save, how to make your money stretch, how to what type of job to take. I, you know, I would love to hear your the wisdom that you learned from your dad. Well, my dad definitely I, a lot of great information, and, and we were talking about mindset, right? So I, I wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't be fair to the listeners if I didn't say one of the my dad's things that he used to say is, "You have to work hard for your money," and you know, I had to overcome that, you know, and I. It's okay to make money without having to work hard for it. And I'm not saying I don't work hard, but, you know, the mindset, you know, how do you wish to make your money? Do you want to work hard for your money or do you want your money to work for you? There's still hard work, but it doesn't have to be done by us. It could be done by the money. So my dad is definitely, you know, he um, being a baker, um, he ended up owning quite a bit of property. So his way of investing was real estate. And so I learned that you could truly make your money stretch. You know, you watch for sales. You buy uh, off-season. There's so many different ways that are out there to save money. But the biggest one coming from a Latino background is throwing parties. I saw so many of my relatives, I call it waste, um, maybe spend a lot of money on things that really, truly don't 
get you anything. I mean, yeah, you. I believe in family gatherings, but I also believe that we just need to come together and we don't need to spend a great deal of money to do that. Right. So then in terms of this thinking, because I totally agree with you, and I don't know if this is primarily a cultural thing, but you know, I grew up learning or understanding that, I, I mean, my mom would always say, you have to work really hard right? You got to work really hard for the money you have. And I'm really curious because I think this might be something that could be a concept that quite a few people have, right? They have this in their head that it just is so difficult. And so money has this ability to say, oh, if it's going to be hard for you, yeah, let me make that hard. I'd love to get your take as to how you combated that. You had that money mindset as well. How were you able to like overcome it? It's, it's taken a lot of years and a lot of healers and a lot of speaking, you know, because I got to see how other people think, especially when I got in a room, you know, with people that I, one of my favorite things is fundraisers. I enjoy going to fundraisers. I enjoy that's one of the ways where I save money. I enjoy silent auctions. But by, by being in those places, I got to meet people where they don't have the same mentality. They see things differently. So I really started hanging out with them and I started picking up that not everybody has the same mentality. Right. 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 Well, that's, and, that's, the, that's the big thing. Yeah. You know, and if we can start, you know, even if you think that, I mean, because you don't know what you don't know. Exactly. Right. But if you start hanging out with people, you know, like Jim Rohn said, the five people you hang out most likely represent the money, the amount of money you make. And so I started hanging out with those people. I started going into and I do I do believe in, in healers and I started doing a lot of different type of modalities to um, to work on this money issue or the money does not grow on trees. You know, there's so many different things that we think about, which is one of the my programs is to go into the high schools and talk to the high school students, you know, to show them, open up a different window for them. You know, even if they're not ready for to save or even if they don't have the money, at least get them started thinking in a different way. That's excellent. So in terms of the teachings that you include in your book, Money Bootcamp. Can you tell us a little bit, because in chapter one, what are, are the misconceptions about that? And in that, I, I talk about, you know, because I like to ask people, what is the first uh, money conversations you heard as a child there, when adults were talking about it? Right. Because if by, by knowing that, then you know what is behind the scenes. You know, what did you really learn that you don't even know you learned? Um, you know, and, and then just being opened you know, I say talking about money is boring, but talking about it because a lot of people don't like to talk about it. So, you know, start sharing ideas, you know, start sharing, you know, if you had this money, what would you do with it? Or what are some of the ways that you do to save money? Or what is it that you want to do, you know, to make money? There's so many different ways we can have the conversation to at least start talking about it. Right. Because I, think I believe, yeah, if we talk about it, you know, it's not going to be this big mystery thing. Right, because right now it seems in so many different circles that money is a taboo subject and people aren't talking about money. And then the more that that plays itself out, I think the harder it is for people to have a better a better understanding of what they're supposed to do with their money. Correct. 
And just like I said, talking and learning, you know, we can learn so much, you know, just I have so many different friends and I go do a lot of different workshops, you know, because I, I just attended a three day workshop and it's called Indestructible Life, you know, where they teach one, one of the days was mindset. The other one was technical, you know, where can you invest your money? So it was really neat. And then, of course, how do you protect your money? It was the third day. But I always do a lot of, I attend a lot of workshops, I read a lot of books because I'm always interested, you know, what can I do to go out and teach and share? And I don't want it to just be from my own experience because I want to have so many different resources so that no matter who I encounter, no matter who I meet, I'm always able to pass on some type of information, maybe a book they can read to get them started, you know, maybe a workshop they can attend a webinar, something so that, you know, they're, again, it's about opening that window, you know, so that you're able to learn different ways that you can, do, what things you can do with your money. Now, in, in your book, you have uh, a chapter that's titled, uh, Borrow Like the Rich, Spend Like the Poor. Can you explain to our listeners exactly what that means? Oh, my God, that is a fabulous one. This That's one of my favorites. And again, this goes back to what I learned when I was in lending. You know, a rich person borrows wisely, meaning that they borrow to invest. They possibly buy a business. They buy a property. But that investment borrowing is actually giving them, bringing in money for them. It's a cash flow. So that's borrowing like the rich. The other one, you know, some of the other ones, unfortunately, um, going out and charging $10,000 to throw a party it, that's where you're going to end up paying a lot of interest, but you're not, your money is not working for you. Right. You know, so there's, again, different ways of thinking. But to me, if you buy a property and you get into debt for that property, but that property is bringing, bringing you cash, for, in my opinion, that's a good investment. Right. It's the, it's the bad debt versus good debt philosophy. Exactly. Yes, Tim. Yes, exactly what it is. You know, if we can start thinking, you know, it's also about instant gratification, you know, because right now we are so into let's get it here, let's get it now. We're not thinking about how much is going to cost you at the at the end. We, we, I think that we, all of us need to think more like Chella at nine years old, starting to save <laughs> for that car at 17. <laughs> exactly. It's so brilliant. A question I wanted to inquire about is, can you give us a case study or two or a story of how somebody started out not so good on the financial front and either how you've been able to coach them through to, to have a healthy mindset when it comes to their money. It's how to invest, how to really see money as an opportunity for growth. I have I have two just really amazing ones. Uh, one of my clients was spending a little too much money on in coffee, just coffee. So she made a choice. You know, she went through a 30-day. My program is, is 30 days. So we went through the 30 days. After the 30 days, she chose to brew her own coffee at home. That's all she did. Just started brewing her own coffee at home. She was now uh, six months able to pay off two credit cards. Now she has five credit cards total, but just by making that minor choice, brew your own coffee at home, she paid off three credit cards. 
Well, so now at the beginning it was two, but now I, I just spoke to her recently. So she is debt free, which is wow. by, it's, it's great all Absolutely. by itself. But what she told me, <clears throat> her testimonial was that she has so much less stress now. I'm sure. Because she doesn't have to worry about how am I going to make pay the bills. So that was truly, you know, it was just great to see. Uh, my other client was actually, after my 30 days, found out that she was spending $600 in going out to eat. And so she chose that she wanted to start saving for a house. She's saving $500. And she still goes out and goes out to lunch and spends $100 doing that. I don't believe in deprive. I don't believe that you have to give up everything. Right. I believe because you're not going to stick to it. If it's painful, you're not going to do it. That's a very good point. Yeah, exactly. And so it's about taking it, you know, watching where you are. And also I think one of the things is we tend to judge and we tend to carry what we did yesterday forward. And, you know, I have to say my weakness, my weakness is sales. I cannot pass up a sale or uh, <laughs> motivational programs. Mm. And so I have accountability partners so that and they oh, we have different amounts. So if I ever want to purchase anything that's more than $100, I have to call my accountability partners <clears throat> and justify my purchase. And that really keeps me, and, and I have two accountability partners to take away, well, I couldn't get a hold of her, so therefore, I'm going <laughs> to So I bought buy. it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's, thing like, it's things like, and I always encourage everywhere I go and I get uh, opportunity to speak is find an accountability partner, whatever you want to do. Or you want to save, find somebody that has a similar goal and become you know, accountability buddies. Wow, that's a great concept. And if you will, so I mean, from the books that I've read on finances, I don't believe that concept has ever come up about the accountability buddy. And I think it really makes a lot of sense because it's so easy for us to just get caught up in our own, I don't know, story. For example, we're in that moment and that's a great way to, to break your state in that moment where you want to spend the money and you just want to say, oh, I'm just going to buy it. I love your idea of having a threshold so that if it surpasses that threshold, you can plug in to your accountability button and say, hey, I need some help. The whole concept, is this a want or is this a need, right? Exactly. And that also goes, I know that uh, your listeners are entrepreneurs, but that also goes as you're getting your business together Get together with other accountability partners and, you know, brainstorm, you know, create your own mastermind because you want to hang You know, we're, let's face it, we're all going to have bad days. But when you have one of those days, you want to be able to reach out. You know, just imagine if, you know, uh, Patty or Tim, you guys were having, you know, one of those days. What if you had the opportunity to just reach out and call somebody, you know, and you don't want advice, but you just want to, you know, share. They may have an idea. They may have a solution. They may know somebody that can help with whatever that is. Sure, they went through it themselves, and I, I just I really like this this concept, especially about like what Patty said with the threshold. Because yes. if you have to if you have to justify it with your you know talking to your your accountability partner, you can 
you might be able to hear some of the things you're saying and realize, oh my God, this is not something that that I should be buying at all. And you can, by talking it out loud, you can hear exactly what the motivation was behind that, you know, wanting that purchase. Perfect, Tim. Exactly. You know, because yeah, um, believe me, some of the conversations I've had and I have to laugh, you know, because I was like, <laughs> you, you wa- I wanted to do what? <laughs> because it did make sense, you know, and I'm a saver, you know, I, I truly am a saver, um, you know, and, but, you know, I, I do, you know, just because I'm a saver, that does not mean that I don't have, you know, areas that I need to work on. Of course. You know, and so I found that that's, that's definitely helpful for me. And, you know, I say for entrepreneurs, you know, instead of becoming a solopreneur, find people that you can, you know, and it doesn't have to be about spending the money. You know, it can be about, you know, where share networking events that you can attend for your industry, uh, trade shows. There's so many different things that you could be doing, you know, as sharing, you know, helping each other get your businesses to the next level. So here's a great moment of clarity that I've had, if I do say so myself. We've heard in other books, and a quote that we always use here on the show is about taking 10% of your income, right? And that 10% of your income, whether it's um, a program to help you more on learning and and acquiring skills, if it's 10% investment in programs, programs that are going to help you grow. I love your concept of having that accountability in place so that if there's these these expenses, and again, having this threshold in mind, I want to keep that in as a key concept here of what we're talking about. Thank you. Thank you. And really smart. And you're right. Yeah, this is this is awesome. And I do believe in the 10% uh, reinvestment in yourself, you know, but I also believe that you need to start saving towards something, you know, whether it's a property or whatever, you know, whether it's for a rainy day. So, you know, if you take 100%, 10%, I believe, has to be for education because, you know, you have to be invest. You have to stay current. You, For me, you know, the more you know, the more you can help. That's right. Exactly. So why could you tell us a little bit more about your coaching program? Like, who's it for? Very good question. My coaching is for women. I coach women. I My primary, my client is women that spend a lot of money make a lot of money and they don't realize what how much stress they have in their life and i know that it covers a lot i'm i even broke it down is women i would say 42 to 55 you know just really showing that because i was in the corporate world mm-hmm. and so i know what that's like you know working the long hours making great money but the quality of what life is really not all that great but you don't know that See, if you somebody will tell me, you know, I can show you a different way, I, I don't think that I would have believed them. Mm. So that's, that's, um, that's one of my programs. The other thing that I have done is I created a game. It's an experience game to teach high school students how to manage money. And I'm very excited about that because if we can start showing our high school students ways, th- things they can do to prepare for a wealthy life, I think we could be definitely, you know, just having those conversations that unfortunately they don't have at home. Love it. Right. That's so important. Then um, in terms of your coaching program, just to get back to that, what kind of clients would be great for you? I have a Jumpstart program, which is a 30 days, a 
breakthrough program, which is 60 days, and a transformational program, which is 90s. I don't, we could make it longer. I wanted to, for them to see immediate. Uh, my clients see really definitely a difference after 30 days. And some of them are already, depending on where they are. So I have a 60, 90, and uh, a 30, a 60, and a 90 day. Do Should we need to continue? We could probably could, but you know, most people pretty much 90 days is all it takes to set a solid foundation. And then you can get started. And then, you know, they take my tips, they find accountability partners, they're able to maintain, and they're able to carry what they've learned. So what would you say is the the focus this year for you and in, in your business? Making a bigger impact. So right now, I am actually um, looking for affiliates, people that can help me share my program. You know, the more people that know, you know, the more people that are in accountabilities or masterminds or whatever, I think the better off we're going to be. Very so making smart. a bigger impact for me is what's really important. What's the best piece uh, of advice that you've ever received? I would say it will be stage time is wealth time. So if as you own your own business, if you're ever at a networking event Wherever you are, especially um, if they ask for volunteers, volunteer, speak, talk about your business. Oh, that's great. You know, because I recently was at a room with 75 people and I raised my hand, they picked me and I shared about my business and I had 10 people come come talk to me after the workshop. Those 10 people, I don't know that I ever would have been able to meet them one-on-one. So always take the opportunity to, you know, stage time is wealth time. Share about your business. I love that idea. You know, it's it's great. And if I may add one more is look for ways to collaborate. So if Patty and I had a t-shirt business, I believe that t- Patty and I would be able to go out and share a space at a trade show. You know, share our marketing businesses. Even if we're in the same line of business, and I love to use the same line of business because I believe that there's always ways for you and I to work together because you attract a different client than I would. Right. right. So why not collaborate and get the, you know, basically the most for our money that way? Is there anything that we haven't covered here on this podcast that you want our listeners to know? I think we have definitely. Thank you. I think you guys uh, did. (laughs) We gave them lots of lots of things that they can take action on. Absolutely. You know? I, I really do. Even if they go just, they do nothing else and they get an accountability partner, that's going to be so, their life, the quality of life is really going to be improved because they're going to be able to have that team that they can go to. And it's not costing you any money because you're helping each other. Exactly. Exactly. So, no, I think we did. I, I hope that... Uh, they take action. I think the only other thing is, you know, take one thing that you heard that you like today and take action. Well, and then kind of in going with that, the, the last question that we'll ask you here today is uh, what sage advice do you have for our boss-free society community? Something that they can do in the next 24, 48 hours that will help move their business forward. I would say the money is in the follow-up. It's unbelievable how many people go to networking events, they pick up the business cards, you exchange phone numbers, and you don't follow up. So I would say the the money is in the phone. Follow-up. You know, start follow up on, you know, collect 10 business cards, follow up on three, follow up on five. Eventually down the line, you're going to follow up on all of them. So 
I would say the money is in the phone. I, not that I don't believe in email in other ways, but, you know, there's something special about really being able to talk to somebody and really connecting that way. Right. No, definitely. So you can follow up with email, but to me, um, in the initial conversation, it should be a phone conversation and, you know, see, find ways that you can work. So follow up is in the phone will be what I would say. Priceless information because it's so true. It's picture that you painted. It's so true. We go to these, you know, networking events or whatever, and people are just collecting and collecting. And then the, the business cards follow away on the desk in a stack and then nothing ever happens to it. Chela Diaz, thank you so much for being on our show. All of the show links, the information that we covered today on how to get in touch with Chela, more about her book, her coaching program, et cetera, and any other offers that she has are going to be included in our show notes. So thank you so much for being on our show. Thank you, Tim and Patty. It's been my pleasure. Thanks, Chella. Thank you for listening to the Boss Free Society podcast. If you want more, connect with us on Facebook at Boss Free Society fan page, Twitter at Boss Free Society, or join our group of other boss-free-minded peeps at the Boss Free Dojo on Facebook. <laughs>